Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Nessa R and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Friday, March 5th, 2021. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 42, the first paragraph and that paragraph only starting with two of the members. Today's readers are Susan H., Shirley F., and Ross G. The reference number for yesterday's March 4th, 7 a.m. meeting is 16516, and for the 10 a.m. meeting is 16517. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Tencent, I will now ask Tenson P to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Tenson. Tenson, please press star one. Oh, okay, I was reading. Um, good morning, everyone. Tenzin P checking in, and here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thank you, Tenson P. And now Jane S. will read the 12 traditions. And good morning. Thank you, everyone, for all your service. Um, my name is Jane S., and I'm in New Hampshire, and I am a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you so much, Jane S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 42, the first paragraph. We're gonna read that paragraph only, and it starts with two of the members. Um, Susan H., would you please um, start reading? 
Hi, this is Susan H. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio and very grateful for the opportunity to be of service. Two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous came to see me. They grinned, which I didn't like so much, and then asked me if I thought myself alcoholic and if I were really licked this time. I had to concede both propositions. They piled on me heaps of evidence to the effect that an alcoholic mentality such as I had exhibited in Washington was a hopeless condition. They cited cases out of their own experience by the dozen. This process snuffed out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself. What this paragraph reminds me of is that I, I was desperate and I was, I had had a crushing blow that brought me to my knees to a place where I could ask for that help and that my dear sponsor absolutely delivered that, that finishing crushing blow that convinced me I was hopeless of myself, that lack of power would would always be my dilemma. I had to find another power. So um, I had a situation last night that brought up the real gratitude I have. Um, I usually chat with my sponsor on Thursday evening, and I couldn't text her. It, it was sending it back, and then it said I was blocked <laughs> in my old life. Boy, that would have sent me into a panic, and chances are to the refrigerator. But I can accept these little ruffles of life. It's just that. Life, life is life. There will be problems. As long as I'm not struggling to fix all the problems myself and I know where to turn. Um, At any rate, there is hope and the hope is coming in the next chapter. And and from that final crushing blow, Um, Susan H., we lost you. Susan H. Okay, I'm I'm back, and I'm not sure where I left off, but yeah, through that final crushing blow, <laughs> I became willing to do whatever it took to find um, the peace that she shared with me. And I'm very grateful for who I am today. Grateful to have access to a higher power through the process. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Susan H. Um, Before I start taking names, um, I want to remind everybody that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Wednesday or Thursday, please sit back. Um, 
and let others have a try at it. Now, who would like to share? Please give us your game, initial of your last name. Jane Aston, New Hampshire. Roz G in Los Angeles. Barbara B. Sarah L. Sarah? Yes. Great. Kim G. Thank you. Um, anybody else? One more name? Vanessa N. Vanessa. Okay, we have a good lineup. Who's that? There was another name that tried to come in. Okay, well, let me tell you who I got. This is a very good group, and thank you for being so um, gentle because it's the first time I am taking names. Um, we have Jane S, Ross G, Barbara D, Sarah L, Kim G, Vanessa N. So we're going to start with Jane S, followed by Ross G. Please go ahead, Jane. Good morning. My name is Jane S, and I am a compulsive overeater in New Hampshire. I'm so grateful to be uh, in this program and actually in recovery today. I'm on day 47 since my higher power has taken the obsession um, of food mm -hmm. away from me the first time in 60 years of my life. So anyway, that's why I'm here. Uh, so <clears throat> what stuck out to me today in this reading was um, that he was really licked this time and that they had piled heaps of evidence on him and that he still had the alcoholic mentality. That kind of nails it for me. And uh, so for the last couple months, I've been back in a vision for you and listening. And uh, uh, the first thing I did in early January was participate in the birthday party and um, went through the big book uh, workshop for a whole weekend. And I listened intently and I took notes intently. And then I listened to um, someone share 17 reasons why we relapsed. And it was like, wow. And then I listened to 26 ways my life is unmanageable. And I, I couldn't disagree with any of it. And um, I finally uh, conceded to my innermost self that I am a compulsive reader and this is where I belong. And I, I got a sponsor. I um, am working in the, in the steps right now. I'm just been almost finishing my fourth step and ready to share my fifth. And my sponsor's in Hawaii. She's going to take my fifth step in Hawaii. And so all I can say is that I'm grateful and thank you, everyone, for piling all the heaps of evidence on it for me to help me finally um, concede and surrender to this disease. And I'm just grateful to be here in recovery today. Thank you all. Have a great day. Thank you, Jane S. And now, Roshji, you're up, followed by Barbara D. Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is Roshji in Palmdale, California, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'd like to share about that when I came to OA um, in 2002, I sat in meetings and listened to the shares and I didn't, I didn't think that I was far from admitting that I was a real compulsive overeater. I came because I was overweight and I wanted to lose weight and I had tried a lot of ways to to lose weight and I couldn't do it 
and I uh, had asked a friend about, and I had been to o, to OA many, you know, before when I had first had my daughter and I was overweight and I couldn't lose the weight, but I started checking out other diets after that. So I didn't really, cons- I mean, I had, I was far from admitting as, as earlier, uh, ch- as earlier paragraph said, far from admitting that I had an, 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 an overeater mentality and that I was a real compulsive overeater. I thought that, well, I'm not 200 pounds yet, so I'm really not like you. I kind of like what I'm hearing. I kind of identify, but eh, I don't think I'm really like that. And it took so many painful experiences for me to um, to concede, as they say. And uh, it wasn't until really I came into these meetings and People were so honest, and people are honest on this meeting, on this in this this format. People share their, you know, they're just brutally honest in this meeting, and so I started to think about being brutally honest, but figured that I could still eat some of these cheap foods that I wanted to eat, and it wasn't until I binged on cauliflower crust pizza, and ate a whole bunch of um, dark chocolate, sugar-free chocolate chips and woke up hyperventilating, couldn't breathe in the middle of the night that finally showed me that I couldn't do it. And that was after having tried so many different times. And so I had to admit to my, to my, my, my current sponsor that I was completely defeated. And it, it snuffed out. You know, I, I love to light candles and I have a snuffer and when I put the snuffer over that flame, it takes it all out. And and that, that last binge, at least for now, took it all out and showed me that I cannot do the job myself, that I cannot eat those alcoholic foods, that I proudly claim the seat of a compulsive overeater, recovered but not cured, with the daily reprieve of living in fit spiritual condition. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Um, thank you, Roshji. And now uh, Barbara D. followed by Sarah L. And please let us know which state you're from so that others may reach out to you uh, and find you in the uh, members list. Barbara D., go ahead, please. Barbara? You press star one. Okay, I'm unmuted. Thank you very much. This is Barbara B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Can you hear me, Nessa? Nessa, can you hear me? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, How wonderful to spend time with us this morning to look at the fact that I have admitted that I have a hopeless condition. Only if I continue to do it, quote, my way. Friend always said, you know, that's your theme song. I'll do it my way. And so to look at every day with step one, that no matter what I did, no book, no program, no no course, no religious director, no retreat, no diet, no no group, no therapy, nothing, absolutely nothing could help me deal with that tricky thing that said, well, 
food will just help me through this situation with my husband or my children or my job or whatever. I had to admit, and I continue to admit each day, that alone I am hopelessly beaten. It is a hopeless condition. And with all of these other efforts, they didn't do it either, and they're not going to do it if I ever went back to them. So that is pure insanity to think that it didn't work then. Why would it work now? But even in the program, I went through the mistake of making a sponsor my higher power or meeting my higher power. They are, they are channels that lead me to, as they say, a spiritual way of life with practical plan of action. And I make that commitment every day because I want to live a life free of food and all of its effects, the behavior, the excessive food, and the behaviors that go with it. And I want to live the 12-step way of life because it's a flourishing, beautiful new way of life in all areas of my life. So I'm really thankful to take a look at and be reminded, as the big book so so strongly does, that I give up. I give up. As it says, dear God, I resign and I surrender myself. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara B. Next up is Sarah L., followed by Kim G. Great. Um, thanks. This is Dara L. It's D-A-R-A. Um, oh, and sorry, I'm Dara in, L. Oh, no, no. Thank you so much. Um, and I'm uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I this paragraph, right? Like, you know, it's written from Fred's point of view. And so these guys are grinning at Fred and Fred, you know, doesn't like it so much. But why were they grinning? And, um, you know, what I've observed in this program, what I've observed in myself in this experience is that, you know, we travel this road. We travel this road. We go from broken, shattered people, you know, wrecks at the at the foot of this disease, you know, just, just not believing, not believing in ourselves, not believing in this program, not believing in anything, or at least that's been my experience and the experience of many of the people that I've spoken to. Um, and then, you know, the miracles start happening, you know, like we get freed from the obsession and the compulsion, freed from the selfishness, freed from all the things that, you know, felt like us, but were the disease in action, just hijacking our lives and sending us um, into, you know, patterns of behavior and thought that, that are just so antithetical to what, you know, I think our own individual values. But, um, and so, and so that grinning, right? Like, it's a recognition that, oh, a miracle is possible in you. And, you know, I spoke to a newcomer yesterday, and a lot of the things that she shared with me are things that I remember saying to my sponsor not too long ago, you know, and, and just how different it is now. And so I think that grinning, you know, um, is, is part of the process. It's like that ability to see ourselves reflected in another and to recognize that just the miracles that have happened inside of me and then the miracles that are about to happen if that other person only surrenders, you know, and follows this very, very simple program. Um, and, you know, I, I was focusing too on the licked this time. Like, um, and to me, what that means is that, you know, it's, yes, it's that person, it's me getting to a place of feeling like, you know, yeah, I'm done. I'm done fighting this disease. But also that that step one experience is not, it's not a permanent um, 
step, you know, like I have felt I'm licked this time many times. And, uh, and I was, I was authentically, genuinely licked. But if I stop doing this work, there will be another time and another time and another time after that, that I have to fall flat on my face. Um, and, you know, the heaps of evidence, it, was in, it really stuck out to me too, that the evidence was of the alcoholic mentality. So I always focused on the evidence of the unmanageability of my life. Like, oh, I've been to treatment 16 times. I've almost lost my colon. I've had seizures from this disease. I've almost died. I've lost relationships, you know, and why can't I stop? Why can't I stop? Um, but th- mm-hmm. this, you know, thank you. Um, I just love that it focused on the, the mentality and that that is, you know, that is the core of the disease and I will pass and thank you. Thank you, Dara L. Kim G, you're up, followed by Vanessa N. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. <clears throat> and we're getting a little English lesson today. I'm getting a flashback to nuns in Catholic school. Um, we're being taught about this if-then statement. You know, there's two conditions here. If I thought myself an alcoholic and if I were really licked this time, and if we meet those conditions, then in the next paragraph, then they outline the spiritual answer and program of action. So it's just stressing that I have to have this fully conceding experience before I can move on to the rest of the steps. You know, I often get questions, you know, well, where are the steps in the big book? You know, you go to the 12 and 12, chapter one is step one, chapter two is step two. Where are they in the big book? So we're finishing up those step one chapters. So what have we learned up to page 42? We learned the doctor's opinion. We learned the the medical diagnosis that I have this allergy of the body, which means when I ingest certain foods, certain ingredients, and engage in certain behaviors, I cannot reasonably predict what's going to happen. Permanent biological condition. And I also have this mental twist that doesn't allow me to get comfortable and will convince me to go back to those foods that I am allergic to. Then we go into Bill's story, and I'm trying to identify in, you know, do I eat like Bill drank? Do I feel like Bill felt? Did I think like Bill thought? And then in their solution, they're trying to help me understand, do I have this disease? Because they talk a lot about the people who don't, the people who are moderate eaters and heavy eaters who do not need a 12-step program. And then we're in this chapter, more about alcoholism, which I personally, if I could rename a chapter, would rename it why I come to Overeaters Anonymous, because this is the reason I can't go to a conventional diet program. This mental twist, this uncomfortability with life, that sobriety, that absence is my real problem, and that if I do not treat that with the 12 steps, I will go back to the food over and over and over. So do I believe myself an alcoholic? Do I believe I have the allergy of the body the mental twist? And am I really licked? My personal opinion is that all 12-step programs have watered down one day at a time to white-knuckling our food, our drugs, our sex, whatever that is. The big book doesn't say one day at a time with your substance. It says, are you done this time? Are you done? You know, this, the doctor's opinion through working with others is the 12 steps. That's 112 pages. And literally half of it is step one. And that is because it is the depth that I accept step one is the depth that I will do two to 12. And when I disconnect from that step one experience is the exact moment I will pick up, which is why I have to make sure that I'm in this book constantly because I have a chronic illness that needs a constant solution. And with that, I pass. Thank you, 
Thank you, Kim G. Next up is Vanessa N, and then we'll take more numbers. Vanessa N, uh, we can't hear you. Please press star one. Hi, this is Vanessa N calling from California. And hundreds and hundreds of members of OA Vision for You came to see me. And they piled on me heaps of evidence through their shares on the line every day for months that I had the effect of the overeater mentality. And they cited hundreds and hundreds of their own experiences. And this process snuffed out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself. And that myself really sticks out to me because I certainly tried to do the job myself hundreds and hundreds of times by white knuckling abstinence and you know, thinking that somehow that white knuckling would go away and it would just become a way of life, which it never did. And when I finally got the courage up to introduce myself in late December is when my life changed and I have been abstinent since then. It's day 66 now. And um, thank you to all the amazing people on this line that share, that do service. Thank you, Nessa, and everyone that shared today and my sponsor and my fellows. I don't know how I would be here. I talked to a fellow the other day um, who told me she has over six months now, and this was the longest she's ever been abstinent. And she'd been in OA for a while. Um, I'm I'm pretty new. I'm new to OA. This is this is my first foray into it, and I had to think about that. Like, have, have I ever stuck to any kind of white knuckling for 66 days, which is what I have now? And I don't I don't honestly don't know. Um, and it doesn't matter because the true miracle is that I. I'm working step nine right now, and I do have, like, the obsession has been lifted. I just don't, I no longer obsess about food. The miracle has come true. This neutrality thing that I used to think was some hocus pocus, like, people are talking about that, but that's not possible. That it's actually not only possible, that it's happened for me. So if you're just listening to the line and thinking about introducing yourself, um, please do, please connect with others. You'll get so many phone calls, get a sponsor, work the steps, because this program really, really does work. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa L. So I'll take some more uh, names. Uh, uh, if you didn't share Wednesday or Thursday, and would like to share now, please give me your name. Jason Kay. Hello, ma'am. Sorry, who, 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 who was after Jason? Who was after Jason? I got Johan. Johan. Okay. okay. Who else? Did you get Felicia? S? I got you now. Thank you. Did you get Janice, honey? Because I'm kind of. Did you get Wanda R? Oh, I got you, Janice PM, and I did Thank get you, Wanda R. Um. We have a room for maybe one or two more names. Okay, uh, if not, well, let's go with this group. I'll tell you who I got. Uh, Jason K, Johan N, or M, Wanda R, Felicia S, and Janice P. M. So uh, Jason, please uh, go ahead, followed by Johan. Good morning. This is Jason K. Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic outside of Philadelphia. And I, I really, really love this paragraph and this story.
story about Fred, who just kind of felt it was a matter of self-knowledge and keeping on guard, and he encountered a, a serious emotional trigger for him, which was crossing the threshold of a dining room and having the thought uh, a drink, a cocktail with dinner would be nice. And I'm being a little facetious here, but he has this alcoholic mind, and he wasn't really convinced at first, and uh, the AA members had uh, come to visit him, and then they hear that he's in the hospital, and they come to visit him and get him again, and, and you know, they're smiling. Why are they smiling? They know the truth. They kind of suspect that he's an alcoholic, and for me, there's a bit of freedom in that. Maybe they're kind of, uh, you know, pleased to bring him this uh, message of truth, and you know, they asked him, are you, are you willing to concede this time? Are you willing to say that you're, you're down for the count? And he says, yes, I am. But they still keep on uh, piles and piles of evidence and, and scores of cases uh, that, that convince him even further. You know, this is step one. Step one is about accepting our bankruptcy, accepting our hopeless condition, you know, and, and I'd like to, 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 uh, you know, uh, drive this home with my sponsees and, and, you know, really uh, continue to talk about step one and come at it from many different angles uh, and to talk about different ways of accessing it. Uh, and they're sharing these experiences out of their own uh, lives and, and of drinkers that they've known and from their own hopeless condition uh, that they have this alcoholic mind that uh, cannot protect them, their own mind, their own thinking, you know, his plan was to be vigilant, to be on alert, to bear in mind what they had told him and to be on alert. And I've tried to do that many, many times. I've, I've you know, uh, rallied my willpower and, and chanted like a madman that I'm not going to eat no matter what. And somehow that never sticks. So he's at, he's at a bottom. He's accepting his hopelessness. He's really, really conceding uh, that, you know, he is like this time. And we're going to see as the chapter goes on, what's the next step? Okay, so he needs a spiritual awakening. He can't do the job on his own. He needs a power greater than himself. So this is a great, I love this, uh, this admission of powerlessness. Um, to me, this is a really powerful moment, and I love looking at it a little bit more closely. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jason K. Uh, next up, Johan N and followed by Wanda R. Hi, my name is Johan M. I'm like in Nancy, and I'm a recovered compulsive war eater in Sweden. Uh, thank you so much for service today, and uh, thanks for all the shares, and the lead share, and the beautiful paragraph. Um, yeah, this is really, like everybody else has said, this is really step one. And I can really identify in with Fred here that I, uh, I'm so, today I'm really, really grateful that I was beaten to a pulp by the food into this hopeless condition that I was when I came into a way. Uh, because I, I always thought that I had choices that I could uh, do. I, I was a driven man and I, you know, I could manage myself. But beaten, beaten by this uh, illness into this hopeless condition, I really asked for help, and I got it. And that was, uh, you know, uh, really uh, the first step experience that I really needed. And uh, through working the steps, uh, things really started to change. And uh, I got uh, recovery 
I got recovered, which was amazing. What a miracle! Uh, and today I uh, I live happy, joyous, and free, one day at a time. But this is also the danger because uh, my problems today is of the luxury, uh, <laughs> it's luxury problems, and um, you know, um, I need to keep working the program one day at a time. I cannot forget uh, my first step. I need to have the first step need to be cemented in me because the first step it's what it's what drives all the other steps in me. Uh, I wouldn't have done an inventory or you know make amends or go up and meditate in the morning and help others if I didn't have the first step cemented in me. So I need to keep working the program one day at a time uh, in order to to keep this recovery that God gives me one day at a time. I'm at a pause. Thank you. Thank you, Johanan. Um, Wanda R, you're up, followed by Felicia S. Yes, good morning, everyone. I hope we have a great day together. Yeah, thanks for the meeting. I'm Wanda R from Chicago, and I uh, will have 30 six years of abstinence uh, in a few days, but I can't take anything for granted. Uh, I'm an emotional eater, and uh, I the hardest one, the hardest emotions for me to recover uh, were uh, being overwhelmed, being anxious. Uh, three people died in my first year of abstinence, uh, and I did not eat over it. So grief was very difficult, too. But uh, I I did sit in rooms and feel safe. And that's really what I needed. When I was bulimic for 14 years, uh, I ate frozen peas. I ate raw sugar. Uh, I, I before, uh, before being bulimic, I was on a cantaloupe diet, nine cantaloupes a day, a banana diet, nine bananas a day. Uh, I tried weight loss programs. I know that uh, the 12 steps uh, mean so much to me and uh, that I am hopeless uh, without it and that uh, you know, I have so much to be grateful for. Uh, I found uh, love. I found uh, my world had been so small, no job, no family, no friends, uh, just an $80 a day habit and uh, throwing up nine times a day. And uh, I, I uh, have a normal life now. And uh, I, I had a kidney transplant, and I went through that abstinently. And um, I, I'm just so grateful for a chance to live my life normally, but I still have a disease. I, I still practice the 12 steps. I still uh, do things that my sponsor tells me, and I have more than one sponsor. I know that uh, I'm, I'm just so, uh, you know, enmeshed in the program and in the steps. I, I can't think of ever leaving it and that 
the meetings are so important and uh, going to each meeting gives me uh, a little bit of insurance for my abstinence and uh, and I'm just so uh you know looking forward to uh the rest of my life and uh you know I never I tried suicide twice so I know that fine. Uh, it I did not understand that that I had hope uh with with all the the wonderful people uh you know being behind me and uh so um I'm a torture survivor and uh Wanda R it's uh, it's time Thank you so much Thank you for sharing Wanda R uh next up it's uh Felicia followed by Janice PM Hi I'm sorry I'm Felicia S and uh I am a recovering compulsive overeater um today is day 56 and i am so grateful for this meeting and for what we're reading and for all the shares um you know i've been in and out for many many decades now and this this piece that we read today reminds me why i am who i am you know and i just picture those smiles on their faces, you know, and how pissed off he's got to be, because I know that feeling. I've been there, um, but it's not an arrogant smile. It's a, it's, it's almost a welcoming home smile in my mind, you know. Like hopefully this time he's got it. And the big book tells us that it's the food that has to beat us into the state of reasonableness, not our minds. We can't think our way out of it. You know, and he gets to that point where he's just on his knees and he's he's conceded to his innermost self. And I've had to concede to my innermost self. And I'm very sick today um, physically uh, for a reason that has nothing to do with food. Um, thank God. And it's it's tough because it's a similar feeling. And I have to remind myself that the food isn't going to fix this. It just, I need to let it pass um, because I can't just have one bite of anything. And I need to come here and I need to, to remember exactly who and what I am. So thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Felicia S. Janice PM, you are up and we'll take more names after. Thank you, my dear. It, can you hear me? Perfectly. Well, because I can't mute, <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I want to say it a little bit different. I think that we've really um, got a lot of information that we must concede to our innermost self. We have to be uh, hopeless and powerless over our condition. Um, in this disease, with this disease, but two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous, this is another um, good example of a 12-step call. Um, It's telling us that, um, first of all, 
you know, they have to, they're telling us their experiences, but they already are recovered. These are two recovered people. Because in order for to me to give my experience of the problem, of the solution, and how I got here, I have to be recovered. I can't give away anything that I haven't got. So these two men, yeah, they know what he's thinking. They know how, you know, he's saying, you know, what am I going to have to do? Of course, now, of course, of course, I, you know, I'm abstinent, blah, 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 which is true. We have to be abstinent. We can't work any other way. The steps ought to get recovered. So what there is, is with this, with Fred, you know, he's, he's come to a conclusion. That's where we have to be in order to proceed. Now, these two recovered alcoholic members, um, uh, oh my goodness, lost my train of thought. They gave cases about their own experience. And I cannot give my experience to somebody if I don't have the solution and I don't have how I did it. How did it happen? So we're going to be going and telling telling you, uh, the book is going to be telling me and us uh, how we got, came to that conclusion to have that spiritual awakening, not an abstinent awakening, a spiritual awakening, which is was the hopeless, the real hopeless part of my illness. We can get abstinence. I've done it thousands of times. But my mentality and there's going to be a solution and an action that we have to do. See, now these two members already knew that because they went through it. They gave their experiences. So with that, I am going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janice BM. And uh, we have time for um, at least three more shares. Um, who would like to, to share? Just give me your name. Chris M. Karen G. Larry K. Lou B. Okay. Uh, sorry, who was that name? That's that, that name? The last name? Lou B. Okay. So I'll tell you who I got. Chris M., Karen G., Larry K., and Lou B. I don't know if you have time, but uh, put you in there. And uh, Chris M., go ahead, followed by Karen G. Present, Presser One, please. Yeah, good morning. Sorry, I thought I was unmuted. Um, this is Chris M. I am a compulsive overeater in New York. And, you know, it saddens me to, to have to say that I'm not recovered because I was recovered, I thought, and I had um, a slip with my food this past week, which is very upsetting on many, many levels. However, Having been um, like feeling like I'm, I was recovered for you know a few months here. I you know I've learned some things, and one thing um, that's different this time is that I'm not allowing it to throw me in the depths of despair. Um, it, it's something that happened, and I believe it happened first and foremost because I am an addict. And, uh, you know, I have to really look at that. Like, it's a word I throw around, 
addiction, addiction, and, you know, I, I can clearly see addiction in other people, but, you know, still after 34 years in Overeaters Anonymous, I have a problem or have had a problem really seeing myself as an addict. That's a heavy word. And because, like other people have said, I, I don't identify with some of the um, real drastic um, results of, of compulsive eating that other people have experienced, I've kind of identified myself out a little bit, you know? But um, when it comes down to it, if I want to live happy, joyous, and free um, of my um, addiction and my food issues and my living issues, I have to really concede to my innermost self that I have this problem. And then what do I do about it? And, you know, in looking at reviewing, like, what led up to this flip, there's a couple of things that I can pinpoint. One of them is that um, I was not working with a sponsor after I completed my 12 steps. Um, that relationship just didn't continue um, uh, for whatever reason. And I, I thought about getting another sponsor. And I was like, oh, other people have sponsors that they work with after they do the 12 steps. And I tried it, and, you know, it didn't work out with a particular person. But number one, I need to get myself a sponsor. Number two, I really did not enlarge my spiritual life. I made a commitment early on that in 2020 when I came back to the program that I was going to do whatever the program directed because for 34 years I picked and choose what I was going to do, you know. And I really didn't do steps 10 and 11. And, you know, I, I hear people talking about doing 10 steps. They're doing every day. They're doing 10 steps, maybe Hi. two of them. And thank you. And I wasn't doing that. I was thinking about it and working on it, but I wasn't doing it. So um, what I've learned is I have to do it all if I'm serious about recovering. And I appreciate everyone on the line. Thank you. Thank you, Chris Ann. Um, Karen G., you're next, followed by Larry Kay. Karen G, please press star one. Ah, okay. Can I be heard? Yep. Okay. Hi, everybody. Thank you for your service. Um, Karen G, I'm gratefully recovered in New Jersey this morning, compulsive eater bulimic. And um, I just, I love this. I love this whole book, but I, I really love this, this um, paragraph uh, because it reminds me about the depth of despair and, and just how how it feels to really um, be at that hopeless place where, you know, I, I knew I was out of control. I could not control food. Um, you know, and I've been in the program only for a little over a year, maybe a year and three months, um, gratefully abstinent for about two months. And um, it was... Uh, it was a really, a really hard learning to, to understand um, many aspects of what was written in the book and to understand it in my heart. I mean, I thought I understood it. I thought I understood it the first time I went through the steps, all 12, and thought I was recovered and started sponsoring and had slips um, and then discovered that uh, I really didn't understand it. And um 
you know, was was very resistant to many of the of the principles. And in particular, I think about um, step one, conceding powerlessness. And I think it's one thing for me anyway to concede powerlessness over food and my ability to control food. But it's a whole nother thing to concede that my life is unmanageable. Because frankly, I have a pretty successful life. At least it looks that way on the surface. It doesn't appear to anyone that I'm dying on the inside, but I was. Um, and it was because my life is unmanageable, but I didn't really concede that um, uh, for a while. And, uh, you know, and, and I find that when I work the steps every day, I mean, the one thing I did do, even though I went back to work the steps again and went all the way through and then did it again, relapsed again, slips a relapse to me and then went through the steps again. So I, I got to say, I'm so grateful for this fellowship and the sponsors who stuck with me all of those times. And I can't say that it's never going to happen again, but I'm so grateful that I'm okay today. I'm recovered today and have a connection with my higher power because the one common theme is that I kept coming back every day. I kept doing the work and it didn't matter whether I was, you know, thinking I was recovered and, and trying to help others by sponsoring them or being sponsored myself and working back in the steps. But um, it took me a long time to really understand that the, that the unmanageability of my life is also very much part of the, con- the conceding to my innermost self time that I have this disease. And um, I just want to say that uh, if you're relatively new, keep coming back because it really, really works. Thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Karen G. Um, Larry K., you have uh, two minutes. And uh, Luby, I'm sorry we uh, ran out of time, but uh, you can share in the second hour, which is coming up shortly. If you can stick around, Larry, um, go ahead, please. Hi. Uh, good morning. <clears throat> um, thanks for your service. You know, there's a common refrain uh, that people uh, that, well, not only new people to this program, but people that have been uh, here for a while that are still, you know, still eating. The common refrain is, I, I can't help it, and it's usually followed by, you just don't understand. And what I'm saying is, I have no say-so over my own words, my beliefs, and my behaviors. You know, it's like I'm a, I'm a leaf. I felt like a leaf floating on the surface of a raging ocean, right? And that, that ocean was going to swallow me up in seconds. And uh, so, yeah, I can't examine my beliefs. I can't examine my actions, my behaviors. But there's a reason why I can't help it um, is followed by you just don't understand. Because I know when, you, when I say I can't help it, you're likely to say, of course you can help it. You're not helpless. See, and I've just thrown down the trump card here. And it doesn't matter what you say. I'll always be able to say that you just don't understand. Right. But really, uh, like, yes and no. It's not a simple. Uh, somebody's uh, unmuted. Please uh, check your phones. Sorry, Larry. Go ahead. Hello? Larry, are you there? Can people hear me? Nessa, you're being heard. Larry K., please press star one. Uh, that's okay. I'll just wrap up by saying that um, that we are not helpless. God will never put the food down for you. You'll die in this disease unless you put it down first and embark on these steps. It's just a plain, cold, hard truth. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Nessa. 
thank you, Larry Kay, for taking us out. And uh, thank you, everybody else, for um, also sharing. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediate, immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Friday, March 5th, is 16526. And we will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Um, Shirley S., can you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Shirley S.? Uh, can you hear me now? <laughs> yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Sorry. Yes. Shirley S. from Savannah, Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. <clears throat> Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.